I'm J.B. Clark from Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet, and you're listening to Set Lusting Bruce, where it is Tracks Week. of Set Lessing Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and we continue our s- series of discussions, um, and I don't have a fancy name for it yet, but um, album discussions is what I'm calling it now. Um, Tim, how you doing? I am doing wonderful. How are you doing? I am great. Tim has joined me before. He shared his uh, Springsteen on Broadway experience, and uh, I got a lot of nice feedback about your story, Tim. People enjoyed hearing it. So, well, thank you. Yeah. It was awesome to do, and I really enjoyed uh, being able to share that with other people who might have not have had the chance to go. So. Yes, and by the way, I did finish the Coben book, and I agree with you. It was really good. Uh, good. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked it a lot, and uh, that's we met at a book signing. Um, yes. So uh, Tim and I are going to talk about, and just to kind of give a summary for those of you, this might be, uh, as they used to say on the Phantom comic strip, for those of you who came in late, um, we are, um, the guys on Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet was going through, and they decided, they came up with the idea that if you could get them together in a room with a chess clock, and um, you could go through, um, rate a Bruce Springsteen song, and then hit the clock. And then the other one had just, you know, how quickly could you describe the song? And then just see how many you could go through. And as they were discussing this, they said, we don't want to do this till we get through the whole, you know, they're going through every song in alphabetical order. And they said, Jesse Jackson, don't steal this idea. <laughs> and so... I was like, you know, that's that is a good idea, but what could I come up with? And you know, so what I decided is we all rank our favorite songs, you know, and we do we talk about favorite albums or favorite songs. But I thought it might be interesting and it, it seemed like the audience did as well is if we took each Bruce Springsteen album and ranked the songs on each album from, you know, 
um, I won't say worst, but from your least like to your favorite. And um, I will tell you, within two days, every Springsteen album was taken care of, of either someone who does another podcast, listeners. And so I'm really excited about this. And Tim and I are talking about Tracks Disc 3 tonight. Now, Absolutely. Yeah. It's one, always been one of my favorite on the Tracks one. Yeah. And so I really like this because it is, while it is completely subjective, and my guess is if we did this in six months, my rankings would completely change. Um, outside of the top and my you know the top and the bottom of those probably are pretty much stuck but it is subjective but it is it was a interesting exercise to go through and say okay why do i like this song better than this song or you know finding those lyrics in this song that make that one be higher on the list than this one and so it really was a interesting exercise that i had never really done other than to say oh that one has my favorite song, or that one has my two of my favorite songs, or whatever. So, yeah, and um, most everyone knows this, but just in case, Tracks was a four-disc box set that Bruce put out in 1998. It contained a total of 66 songs. Um, it mostly consists of never-before-released songs. Um, in the album notes, it explains what sessions they were from. There's a couple of songs that are B-sides as well as demos and alternate versions. Uh, once again, uh, JB and Rob always talk about um, it's Tracks Week because um, it on as they do their podcast, it'll turn out where they've got two or three songs that are all from Tracks uh, because it is so many songs. And um, it is, and it was actually supposed to be uh, ninety songs, and I think seven or six or seven discs. Yeah. And he ended up cutting a lot, uh, like the Electric Nebraska sessions, and which would have been really interesting to hear as well. But it, it was, and it would have been, and you know, this is um, a lot of people cheat and say if you could only bring one album. Um, you know, on a desert island from Bruce. Well, I'll pick tracks because you get so many songs. Um, you do. Yeah. But there's a reason there's a lot of them that were unreleased because there's a lot of great ones on there, but there's also a lot of ones that mm, may not necessarily make your uh, all-time favorite 100 or 200 Springsteen songs. You know, so. Tim, it, you remind me of um, the story... Um, I heard um, my good friend Sam talk about that it was at a show, and Bruce said, uh, I'm going to play one of them for the 90s, and they started applauding. He goes, wait a minute, might be one of the sucky ones. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I'm going to play something from Tracks. Hold, hold your pause, might be one of the sucky ones. Um, I also agree with you that this was very interesting. Um, the Disc 3 has 18 songs on it. Um, if I counted correctly, and Correct. um, I had to, um, okay, I agree with you, there were a couple I knew immediately were the top, and then I have songs that I knew would kind of be at the bottom, and then I got to thinking, okay, well, this song here, is that better than this song here, and debated back and forth, Um so I, I do think it's going to be an interesting discussion. How we're going to do this is we're going to start at the bottom. Um, okay. Guest first. Tim's going to give his number 18. 
and then I'll give, we'll talk a little bit and we'll give mine and we'll go back up, uh, just in and out, back and forth till we get to number one. Um, so, um, and did and just to clarify, I have no idea what uh, your you rank these or anything. No, so we did it'll not, be interesting yeah. to see. It'll be interesting to see where yeah. you put some of these songs and where I put them. So. Yeah. Um, so far, as we record this, I've only done this one other time. Um, I had uh, Lee McCormick, who does uh, a Springsteen podcast. We did Born in the USA, and um, we agreed with almost. There were only two songs of everything in Born in the USA was in the same order. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Uh, we both picked No Surrender as our top song, but everything okay. else was totally, you know, he had stuff at the bottom that I would have had at the top. So, um, Right. And See, I, I would have I would have picked uh, I'm on Fire as my favorite from that one. So yeah. it's just, like I said, it's completely subjective, and yeah. it's my it's, – uh, everybody – opinion um on these and there's i don't think there's any wrong ones so no, i don't think so uh i i agree with you um so um so start what was your okay. least favorite song okay and again with least favorite being slightly a uh, bad bruce song is still better than about 70 percent of anything that you'll get from the 80s 70s or 80s yeah and so let me jump in there tim and echo that to our listeners, you know, um, you know, when you look at like we're going to talk about "Born to Run" and "Darkness," you're like, really? You're going to pick what's your worst song? I mean, and these are, um, and and uh, you're right. It, in the right mood, you know, you might love this song. Except right. "New Jersey Devil." I don't think I'd ever pick. Night no, New I don't Jersey think anybody Devil, really but, likes but, that one. Yeah, but anyway, continue on. All right, go ahead and pick. Okay. My least favorite song from this uh, disc was The Honeymooners. I, uh, it could have been a good song. I was listening to it. I remember the first time I was listening to it, and I thought my CD had uh, stopped. Uh, I was like, where the hell's the song? And the rest of the song. Looked it up. Sure enough, the song just stopped mid-action. So it could have been a good song if it had a second or a third verse. But as it was, it ends with the guy's brother-in-law throwing him a pass, and that's the end of the song. There's no action. There's no – it just seems very unfinished and very unbruce-like to leave a song completely unfinished like that and leave you wondering, well, what happened to them? And so it wasn't like – you know. Um, I just – I don't know. I just didn't like the fact that he left it unfinished. And it wasn't like a mystery like Mary – you know, will Mary hop in the car and drive away? It was just I really don't care about any of the action here, and he leaves it unfinished. So I didn't like The Honeymooners, one of my least favorite songs. Um, we will hear it shortly. Um, it, I, I agree with you, and I'm good, that's all I'm going to say because you will see very quickly. Okay. Um, my least favorite song, and it could have very easily been The Honeymooners – is I picked Lucky Man. That is my least favorite song. I just okay. didn't it it just doesn't move me at all. I don't think musically it's very interesting. The lyrics don't really tell anything that's significant to me. Um I just this is one of those that when I'm uh listening to the CD, you know, this is one I hit skip on. 
Right. I, I kind of agree with that, and it's going to appear in a few. And this was also done during the Tunnel of Love. This is an outtake from Tunnel of Love. And he had a so much better song about a gypsy uh, yes. in that one with uh, Brilliant Skies. And yes. this song felt like he had either wrote this to get to that one, or he wrote that one and said, let me see if I can replicate the mood in this, and he wrote that one. But Brilliant Disguise is a far better song for so many better reasons. And Lucky Man, yeah, I agree. It's it's going to show up on mine in a few slots. So, Yeah, okay. So what's your next? My next one is, uh, and again, this I think is a, good song it's just i hate repetitive songs and sometimes when you have a like springsteen song he's so good when he tells a story but when he just hammers it home and just uh, nails on and on and on i just hit skip on it and so my next song is my love will not let you down i actually looked at the lyrics and he says the word love 96 times in the four-minute song, and including like eight times in every single verse, which he repeats like 700 times. And it's not a bad song. The words are, are pretty cool, yeah, the verses. And then he gets to the chorus, and it's my love will not let you down. My love will not let you down. My love, 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 love will not let you down. It just goes on, and it – like I said, 96 times of hearing it, it's just like, okay, we got the point, Bruce. Let's move on. So, You know, uh, that is that is a great choice for that very reason. Um, I ranked it higher because, um, you know, on Live in New York City, him starting with that, you know, I think it's got a lot of energy and everything. But right. with your criteria, I totally see why you would say that. Um, so yes, well done. Honeymooners is my next to last song. As I said, it was, it, I really could have switched those easily, uh, for all the reasons you say, it's just not a song that, um, does anything for me. I don't think it's interesting lyrically. Um, I agree with you. It just kind of stops in the middle. Um, it, it truly does feel like almost, um, some of these songs feel like deleted scenes from a, you know, like a DVD extra. Exactly. And you're kind exactly. of, oh, okay. And, you know, and every once in a while you get a really good deleted scene and you go, wow, that should have been in the movie. That was really done. But most of them are exactly. like, yeah, we see why we got rid of it. Right. Okay. Exactly. And this one definitely felt like uh, that. So yeah. I completely agree with that. All right. Next. So my uh, next one is um, just a slow, morose song, Janie, Don't You Lose Heart. It's got some decent lyrics in it, some decent, uh, you know, lyric work, but it is so slow and so maudlin, and it just drags. And compared to some of the other more rockabilly, rollicking songs that he has on this disc, this one... While there's certainly some great slow songs that he has, this one's not it for me. So doesn't do anything for me. Not a horrible song, just not one of my favorites. And I have to be in the right mood to listen to it. And so far, I'm usually not. So, yeah, um, I I like this one a little more than you. Uh, it okay. it makes about halfway down my list. 
um, just because I um, I don't find it as um, slow as you're feeling it. Um, though I do think there is, um, it is one of his least um, female name in the title songs. There are he has certainly yeah, a lot better songs with that. So yes, I completely agree. It's uh, he's got a lot better ones mm-hmm. um, that you know with. Um, but and hey, at least he doesn't have somebody's. Uh, I mean, it's not at least he's not Mary or Wendy. So yeah, hey, at least he's got yes. some variety in there. So. Yeah. So the number sixteen on mine is Brothers Under the Bridges eighty three, and I will honestly the the song doesn't stand out to me. It isn't rememberable, and we have too many other um, Brothers Under the Bridge, Blood Brothers. Yes. It just this is redundancy of redundancy and i just don't think we need it yeah and i agree and i it should have definitely been cut from the board in the usa um album because to me it's exactly like the uh like a darlington county or working on the highway where he goes out with one of his relatives and gets into a little bit of trouble here and there and it really it's you know uh, it's a listenable song, but it's not one that you're going to switch back to. So it's it comes up pretty soon on my list too, just okay. because it does have a lot of that same you know feeling as a lot of the other better born born in the USA songs. So. All right, and next, Tim. My next one's Lucky Man. Okay. And uh, again, I think there's a much better Gypsy song that he wrote. And this one was completely unnecessary. So, yeah. Um, I my next one is TV movie. Um, I don't understand what he was doing there. I, I didn't find it, um, it. You know, you either there's ly- lyrics and there's music, and sometimes there is a catchy. Um, you know, tune, a catchy melody, great artwork with the band working together, and it doesn't matter what the lyrics are, you know? And then there's other things where it's a very simple song, but the words are really powerful, or they say something. And I just think TV movie just didn't work for me whatsoever. Well, I have it much higher on my list just because I love Springsteen's sense of humor in uh, this one. Um, Similar to how I love his sense of humor in 57 Channels and Nothing On. You know, just that, um, you know, he's not always, you know, it's not always about hopes and dreams and uh, aspirations and fast cars and, you know, um, women and, you know, getting out of town. It's Sometimes he's just having fun with it, and I think he's having fun with this one. But I can see your point, but I, it, it's going to be higher on my list. You so, know, um, uh, so this is the first one where I've said, I think um, after we get off, I will go listen to it again from that perspective. For example, 57 ch- ch- Channels and Nothing On is one of my least favorite songs. I just don't find that funny. I you know I don't find it um, you know a humorous and so maybe I'm not a fan of um, Bruce doing shtick, but um, I, I I'm gonna listen yeah to it. I don't really see it as shtick I see it more as he's just uh, you know he's wanting some outlet 
for you know some of his okay. late night uh, drinking sense of humor type thing. Okay. And you know, like in Fifty Seven Channels, he's talking about uh, in the blessed name of Elvis, I let it blast, and talking about blow, uh, shooting his TV. Yes. And so I think it's funny. Uh, because that's what Elvis did. So yes. I just find his sense of humor humorous. So Very nice. All right, Tim, next. My next one is um, Man at the Top. It, to me, is another fairly repetitive song. It's only about three minutes long, but I think he names like 847 different occupations, and eventually we get to the point where we're like, yeah, the... Uh, banker, he wants to be the man at the top. Oh, the la- landscaper, he wants to be the man at the top. You know, event, it doesn't really say much to me other than the title. That's pretty much where, you know, it just doesn't say much to me as a song. It's not very deep, and to me, it just kind of sits there. And it's so much better when he was talking about occupations and say, Crush on You or uh, Badlands, you know, Rich Man Want to Be King, uh, Poor Man Want to Be ri- Those type of things, much better done. This one, I just think it's kind of forgettable. So so for the first time, we are in sync. Man ah. at the Top was my song for exactly some of the same reasons. Um, the, the lyrics, I mean, the melody, you know, kind of is catchy, but this is yeah. very much a... As you talked about a repetitive song, you know, this is um, almost and not the same thing. But, you know, if I had a hammer, I'd hammer in the morning. I'd hammer. Exactly. You know, this is kind of uh, everyone wants to be the man at the top. Um, Not really sure. um, Like I said, much better than the other songs we've discussed. But not something that I, I, you know, I. I think he's done it a different way and just not something I care about. Agreed. Okay. Yeah. All right. Next. So my next one is um, Cynthia. Okay. Not a bad song at all. Not a good song. Not just kind of sits there right in the middle and doesn't really – it works uh, for what it is, but I – just I don't connect with it, I guess, because my guess is he was writing it to a very specific person, and I'm not that person. So um, it's not a bad song. It's not a good song. So I ranked um, both of the uh, female uh, title songs higher than you. Uh, okay. So, um, But, yeah, I get that. I, I like both of them. Um, a little more than you, um, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, sure. My next one is Car Wash. And um, okay. it, it's not a bad song, but I kind of feel like um, Downbound Train uses the car wash <laughs> metaphor a Correct. little bit better. <laughs> you know, like I work at a car wash and all it does is rain. Um, a little exactly. bit better than this one. Um so it's it's not a bad song. Once again, it's just it does feel like one of these deleted scenes that I don't particularly care about. Understood. I will say that on this one that it, it's up a, a few spots, not very much on mine. But the one thing I did start – I was thinking about on this one was I think this is the only first-person – 
um, Springsteen song from a female point of view. I couldn't think of anything else um, that off the top of my head, I went through all of, I was looking on my iPad on the plane, just kind of skimming through, couldn't think of any other first person female protagonist uh, that he's written. So, um, I, uh, maybe you could make the argue, um, Bobby Jean that, you know, could that be Bobby could Jean, be fe- you know, two feet, you know, talking about females, we usually think of it because it is about Steve, you know, it's a guy. Um, right. but, um, no, I agree. And, you know, um, I actually would have given it a few more points if I thought of that as well. Um, so, well, and yeah. again, it, it, to me, it, it it encapsulated, and I'll um, have that in a few seconds. But um, but I was just thinking, you know, I'm pretty well versed in his music, and I couldn't think of anything. And right. I have every single song that he's ever done on my iPad. Yeah. Um, because I fly a lot. Yeah. And I couldn't find anything else off the top of my head that, uh, without going into, you know, well, it's undetermined. So. You know, and I don't know about you. Um, Tim, but at this point, I'm I'm in the middle ground where if you said, well, um, you know, this song switch with that one, I probably would have gone, okay, you know, yeah, um, yeah I'm I'm yeah. pretty much into the outside of my top four, top five. I could change yeah. this list, uh, you know, with uh, very little persuasion and absolutely no bitterness. Yeah, so. exactly. All right, so your next one, I guess we're up to 12. My next one is uh, When You Need Me. Um, I I really like this song. It's uh, really nice. Um, It's a really solid romance, uh, romantic song um, here. Um, I believe this was off of the Tunnel of Love album, uh, Outtakes. And so it really, that one, he went full into the had better romantic songs in that one with like tougher than the rest and things but this one i think could have made that album pretty easily but it's it's a good song um i like a lot of the um you know a lot of the lyrics but the music i think really could have been enhanced with uh, you know some really nice piano organ um some of the other e street uh players could have really brought this song right up to the mix. So, but because he did it by himself, it's kind of it's a little few spots further down than if he had brought, you know, Susie in to bring the, do the violin or, um, you know, Roy and the professor, sure. um, you know, coming with the piano, Danny doing some or you know those type of things. If he had done some more of that, I think this would have been a much more solid song for me. Um, I liked it better than you. In fact, it reaches, um, it's much higher on my list. Okay. Um, and I do wonder if I'm being swayed by, you know, because I'm, I'm listening to these songs and I'm listening to live versions. And I, I, I would give a, I would actually admit that I may be, putting this a little bit higher because of a couple of live versions I've seen. And, oh, yeah. You know, I, I, I completely, like I said, I don't know that I've heard it live. Yeah. Um, I I'd have to look at live, my boss I, time yeah. or whatever. Um, and then I'd also have to, uh, 
you know, look YouTube and do find some live versions. Yeah. Because that was what I thought it really missed yeah. by being here on tracks was, and I, I would certainly rank it higher. It, like I said, if it had more of that um, orchestration to it, yeah. and that only a band could do. Yeah, I, I think that's very fair. Um, my next one is Two for the Road. Um, okay. I thought the lyrics were pretty interesting. I love the upbeat, you know, sound in it. Um, right. So it, um, you know, I'm now getting into um, songs that I actually like versus songs I don't care much about. So, you know, at this point, as we talked about, I could go – um, okay, right. let's switch. Um, you know, I won't name one of my other songs, but like, you know, uh, okay, you want to switch uh, Two for the Road with When You Need Me? Okay, I, I could work for that. So, yeah. I, I'm, I'm right there with you. These are uh, everything going forward is ones that I would make an actual effort to hear um, again and to repeat versus ones that if I was listening to this again, like, yeah, I've heard that one. Good. Yeah, and so. I also, the other thought I, I had, Tim, and uh, let me know, like, I was, I know a lot of people got really happy when on the tour a couple of years ago, you know, he did Sandman from Tracks to open a show. And I was like, eh, okay. I guess it's cool yeah. he did a song from Tracks. But, you know, if if he did some of these songs, I would be like, oh, very cool. You know? Exactly. Yes. Yeah, if if he did some of these, because um, looking up at these, there's no other, uh, I, other than one song higher than this list, I've heard him done live. Yeah. So, uh, so I would love to see some of these um, songs done live. Uh, but again, he's got what 300 songs, and that would take about, you know, if he did yeah. every one of his songs, that would take until exactly. next Thursday, yes. and so. You know, end of the day, I'm happy for what he does. So, exactly. But I would love to see some of the, you know, interesting rarities, which I think once he finishes Broadway that he will do because he's going to be tired of, uh, you know, Dancing in the Dark and uh, some of these others. Uh, and I think he'll be tired of some of these that he's done every night, every show in the same order. And I think when he goes back on tour, he's going to throw some rarities in there that he hasn't played in 100 years. So. Yeah, I agree. All right. So my next one is Brothers Under the Bridges. Again, good song. Just, uh, you know, kind of, I think, made redundant with some of the others on Born in the USA. Okay, good. Um, oh, and that's Brothers Under the Bridges 83 yes. because he has a much more um, uh, slow and more about, you know, homelessness and homeless vets and everything uh, that he did before. So, yeah. but this is 83, so. Yeah. Um, I, you know, um, my next one is Frankie. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I like wow. Frankie. Exactly where I, I put it. Oh, wow. Okay, so we're in sync again. Uh, yep. You know, I, it just is a song that I just really enjoy. I, I think it's, um, you know, lyrically it, it, it sounds good. Musically it's great. So, um, you know, I, I'd go with I, Frankie is number 11 on my list. Yeah. Okay. Now it, uh, it's kind of right there, and I like, uh, I like the song. It's kind of like a 
Billy Joel type song to me in the I fact totally that it, it that. feels like it it's like three songs in there. Mm-hmm. You know how um um uh, like Anthony's song or scenes from an Italian restaurant where they have the uh first part, middle part, uh and then the closing. That's kinda how it felt to me. So Yeah, very, very insightful. Yes. All right, next. So my next one is um Rock Away the Days. I like this song. I think it's better than most um, man gets out of prison, man kills a a man song um, out there, which there's a good lot in the rock and country canon um, out there. But I like this one. I think it's got some great music, and it's kind of like it got that rockabilly, but a nice dark, um, you know, twist uh, to it. But you know, it 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 really I do like it, and I feel. Very strongly, like this is the one that um, the Traveling Wilburys um, based Tweeter and the Monkey Man on. Um, the uh, you know the uh, running for it, the man kills somebody. Um, you know they they did that as obviously a homage to Springsteen's uh, songs, and they did it as close lyrically as they could. But I feel it very strongly that they did listening to this one and said, "Hey, let's do a Springsteen, uh, cover, uh, you know, basically a Springsteen song." So yeah. I love the Traveling Wilburys, and so any time that uh, you can throw some uh, some respect to somebody else, and I think this is their song that they did it off of. But I could be wrong. No, so. I, I I could see that. Um, it's a little higher on my list, but I totally agree with you. Um, gr- great. Um, you know, uh, the rhythm of it. Um, I love he, the way he sings rock away these days, you know, and you kind of oh, yeah. bring it down. So yeah, great song. Um, yeah, I, I really like that song. So my next one is just pure. Um, if, if we think my love will let, will not let me down as repetitive stand on it. It's just repetitive as all. Um, but it is. I just love the energy of it. I just love the. Got a, it's got a great energy to it. It's it'll come up my, on mine. I think in two or three. But it. Um, I, I do love the energy. It's it's an awesome song yeah. uh, as far as everything goes. All right. Because it unlike um, uh, unlike my love will not let you down. I think it really does have a story. I don't know why Columbus comes into it in the middle, but you know. Um, he does, and it's got some great rhyme couplets in there. So, but um, yeah. Okay. In fact, so this is one you know um, I would have, and I know it's not necessarily the same time, but instead of Ramrod, I would have liked this. You know, for that just kind of rocking song, just you know, just see. I love Ramrod. Ramrod yeah. to me, I uh, it's got that driving beat mm-hmm. that so many of his. Uh, I just love Ramrod okay. and. I don't. Uh, I can't even. Uh, I don't even. You know, worry about the lyrics on the Ramrod. I just and love just, to put it on about eight hundred on the uh, <laughs> my Bose speakers and, and just, just let it enjoy. rip. Enjoy. All right. Very nice. Okay. All right. So, what's next on your list after Rockaway? These. Days? My next one is uh, Two for the Road. Okay. Um, it would. Uh, I I like it. Like I said, I like the song. Uh, really good one. And it's got an awesome lyric in there. Um, I think it's the second verse where he says, One thousand dreams whispered in the night or in the dark. It's just a damn fine lyric uh, written there. And 
it's a good song. It's two minutes. It could have, I would have had no problem if the song was a little bit longer, but two minutes, it's short, it's spare, it's only him, it's to the point, and it, it just is a lovely song. So Yeah, and to go back to our, because um, this is, we're pretty close on this one. Um, you know, I was 12, exactly. and I think this is your nine or maybe. Um, Somewhere in that neighborhood, yeah, yeah. This is one of those where you go, oh, this is a good good deleted scene. This is exactly. something a little bit, yeah, special. It adds to the movie and, and colors it just a little bit differently. Yes. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's a good one. So, so now we're, um, so um, I did number nine is This Hard Land. Um, okay. I really thought harder about putting it higher. Um, and I could probably, like if we were working together to come up with a joint list, um, if you wanted this higher, I probably would not argue with you. I, I was listening to it on the way home, and it is, it's a little bit like um, Promised Land, but not totally. Promised Land. Yeah. yeah. And so, but I. And I, I put it higher, but I thought long and hard about putting it lower, and it just, yeah, I put it, it ended up higher. So it was one that I, I thought about as well, but it ended up, eh, I'll, yeah. I'll leave it where it is because it seems to work. So. Okay, good. All right. And I've never met a Springsteen song with the word land in it that was a bad song. <laughs> That is Promised a good Land, point. Land of Hope and Dreams, Badlands, uh, Jungle Land. Yep. Uh, you know, there, there's not a bad one uh, that I'm aware of out there. I, uh, in fact, most good I ones have the right. word land. Good job. So. Good, very good point. All right, your next one. My next one is Car Wash. Okay. And for the reasons I stated, it, I, it's short, and a good songwriter will do this. Will make a short song where you know her hopes, her dreams, her aspirations, uh, and everything about her. I mean, it's no river, but you come away from knowing the song, knowing what she wants to do with her life, that she's stuck in, uh, in a dead-end job that she doesn't enjoy, and that she wants to go to Hollywood. And, that, you know, it's just her dreams and aspirations. So I love that about his music because you really get – uh, drill inside of people's heads uh, on these. So, yeah, I like that song. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I my next one is we've already talked about Janie. Don't lose your heart. Um, okay, I like it a little bit more than you. Uh, but I, I do think your thoughts on it are right in line with it. Um, I kind of, um, you know, the song about you know being hopefulness and trying to do. Um, trying to keep your faith. Um, while it's not one of my absolute favorites, as I rank this, it, it made it about, it's halfway up my list. Okay. All right. Yeah. And like I said, I, uh, I like the lyrics. I just, uh, the music yeah. kind of wobbled for me a little bit on it. Yeah. So. And my next one, we just talked about it, was Stand On It. Okay. I, again, I love the energy. Um, this is one I have um, seen videos of it live, and it really comes alive when um, this version. And to me, it reminds me a little bit of those um, songs from the river that uh, 
just crackle with energy and just he's having fun with it. And so, like I said, I'm not sure where Columbus comes in. We're at the race. You know, he's about to crash. He's racing for his life. And then all of a sudden Columbus comes in and Queen Isabella's telling him to stand on. I don't know. That part just kind of is weird, but it's it's still a damn good song. Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, uh, one of the um, Google searches I did, it looks like a fairly young Bruce, and he's in California, and he talks about, you know, do you you think you finished us? You think you're finished us? You know, he talks about you think we're beat, and um, you know, and he they go into stand on it like, like oh yeah, just on you know on you know fast forward just the speed and the energy. Um, exactly. Um, so. I had Cynthia, um, so I okay. put Cynthia and Janie next to each other. That was kind okay. of my uh, female um, titles section. Uh, so we've already talked about that, so we can go down to your next one. Okay. Um, my next one is a song that I would have loved to have on the Born in the USA album, and that was Lion's Den. Um, again, a very short song, but it delivers a punch. It's got Beautiful music, great use of the drums, and uh, it's just, to me, I just, it's a short, crisp song that, um, you know, he's uh, he's really hurting, trying to get her uh, his uh, love back, and he, uh, I don't know, I just really like this song. It's short, it's sweet, it's to the point, and when it's over, I always hit back, uh, hit the button back to listen to it again. So, um, yes, I, in fact, mine is much higher than yours. Um, it is not my favorite song on this, uh, disc, but it's close. Um, it is, um, I just love the, um, you know, one of my first, I can remember going to Sunday school was hearing Daniel in the lion's den, you know, that image, um, I, oh, yeah. I, I, you know, I love the the story that it puts. I love, you know, and um, once again, I talked about him a lot this time, but the guys on Bruce Springsteen sings the alphabet, JB and Rob says that there is a, in these songs, there is a doo-wop album that Bruce wanted to do, uh, you know, and I think this Lion's Den ain't good enough. Um, are songs that, excuse me. Oh yeah, that I, I can I can see him. Yes, I can see him putting out a either a doo wop or you know a even a rockabilly album. Exactly. He could have done a rockabilly album in the eighties, like from Small Things. Um, you know, just um, and hell, even with you know Seaside Bar Song and some of these exactly. others, yes. he could have done some rockabilly to uh, you know just because he's great at that. Mm-hmm. So. Good. Writing it, producing it, uh, directing it, uh, being the band leader. He could have done uh, just an amazing rock. I mean, look what he did with folk songs that everybody had forgotten about yeah. with the Seeger Sessions. Exactly. And, I mean, he took a forgotten part of American music uh, history and turned it into something the most relevant um, rock star vanity project ever. Yeah, so. my um – uh, my friend Sam that I talked about um, t- talked about he went to one of the Seeger session shows 
And he says, I am not a religious man, and that is the closest I've ever been in a church service was going to one of those shows. You know, I would not argue with that at all. Yeah. That's how I felt the first time I listened to the album. Yeah, so. absolutely. All right. Um, my next one is Rockaway of the Days. Uh, we've also talked about it. Um, it is such I, – I just – everything we've talked about it, it is, um, you know, the Traveling Wilburys could have done it as well. Um, exactly. It is a great song. And, uh, yeah, I just – it is one of those – um, you know, there you skip through songs, and that isn't one I skip. That one I just enjoy and yeah. smile big time. All right, exactly. Next, Tim, and my next one is um, the one you didn't like as much, but I loved it because it has a sense of humor intact, and I think anybody's um, and that's TV movie. Okay, and I. I like I said, I like his sense of humor. I find it humorous, and it's in, it shows a different side of somebody who's usually pictured as very serious. And so I like that. Okay, so. very cool. Um, so my um, – because we're now hitting about our top five, um, Pink Cadillac. Um, I, You know, I love Aretha's version, but I love his version too. Um, you know, I've never seen it live, but this is... I never a, have either. This is a really good song. Um, you know, In Another World, uh, would have loved to hear Elvis cover this. So, uh, yeah, um, just, it, it's it's one of my, it is one of my favorite songs on this uh, disc. I don't uh, disagree with that at all, and it is coming up uh very shortly on mine all right so all right what song um, you got next so my uh i think uh we are at my third favorite song on the album um and that is uh this hard land uh for me is where i put that it's just a like i said it feels steinbeckian it feels um you know like a um, goes to Tom Joad type song, just those great um, 1930s Depression era um, lyrics and feel to it, and I really like that song. It's again, I've never seen a bad la- uh, song with, from Springsteen with that had "land" in the title. So, yeah, right uh, there with you. In fact, I'm going to steal that line, uh, Tim. <laughs> use that uh, absolutely. Um, so. Because I am not necessarily a fan of most of his night songs. Uh, not night, I could live without. Yes. Uh, with the exception of his and Patty's "Because the Night," that one yeah. I love. Everything else, night, I could live without perfectly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so especially "Spirit of the Night," Jesus, what a yes. Uh, so yeah, exactly. That's his dazed and confused. Right. Um, so I, my next one is "When You Need Me." Uh, we've kind of okay. already talked about that. I think the sentimentalist of it, um, you know, I do, uh, Donna uh, from Bruce Funds and I do a kind of, a, we try to about every month and a half do a dedication show. And we had two All or right. three couples, you know, send in when you need me, we're played at their wedding. Um, so I nice. probably a sentimental choice on that. So No worries whatsoever. Right. That's, not, that's actually a really good point. Yeah. So. All right, next. 
Um, and it looks like uh, we're going to be very, very close on this one. So my number two song is The Wish. Mm-hmm. Um, his uh, reading his story uh, in his book about his the chapter about his mother and knowing he wrote this about um, her and made this you know a great song for me. And then when I saw it on Broadway, it was life-affirming. It was amazing. It was the most, um, outside of maybe seeing Thunder Road, and that was one of my favorite moments in the entire song, uh, was when he told the story about his mother, her getting up and walking, um, you know, to work every day, and and then saying the wish, I it was I looked around the theater and I didn't see a single person who wasn't completely enraptured with him, and I saw about sixty percent of the audience crying. So, and I won't say whether I did or not, but I was probably in that sixty percent. Um, so. so I have shared this story before. Um, I was listening to the wish, and um, guys were. What had led me to that is people had talked about songs that their fathers loved. It was on a um, you know it's a sports station, and they kind of talked about that these were songs their fathers um, loved, and right. they wished they could call their father and talk to him about it. And so I had heard the wish, and I picked up the phone and called my mom. And my mom didn't get it at all. I mean, she was glad right. I called. I call her fairly often, but I was like, and, and it's it's Bruce about his mother, and it's just and it's and um, she's like, are you okay? But um, <laughs> yes, I can only yeah. imagine that um, when because um, I I have gotten lucky enough. I am going to go in January to see the show. Uh, I know that. One, it's on my wish, you know, my bingo card of songs I want to hear live. And, right. Uh, I had never heard it before yeah. uh, the yeah. uh, Broadway one. Yeah. And hearing him do it, and especially yeah. hearing him do it, yeah. only him, with either a guitar or a piano, I don't remember which one. Yeah. Um, but it was fantastic. It was spectacular. It was beyond amazing. Yeah, so. and just... No spoilers. It's number one on my list. Um, well, yeah, I, I kind of figured that because yeah. we're down to your number two, I believe. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, so uh, we somehow I've skipped one. So my number three was my love will not let you down. For okay. The very reasons. I think it's a beautiful way to start a show. But I totally now that you mention it, um, I may be overrating it a little bit. Uh, oh, but yeah. Again, this is subjective, yeah. and this is completely, um, right. like I said, I other than a few of these, I could reorder yeah. these again in August and be completely have a yeah. completely different show. So yeah, and Lions Den is my number two. I mean, The Wish okay. and Lions gotcha. Den, I would, I those are two solids that no matter how many times I'd rank these. They would right. be my top two songs on this uh, okay. disc. And what's your number one? Okay. My number one is my favorite B-side ever, and that's Pink Cadillac. Yeah. There is, to me, not a better Springsteen rock song 
um, than this. Badlands is tied for it. Um, there's a few that might be close in there, but as far as pure, um, just pedal to the metal rock, this song is spectacular. And when Clarence's uh, sax kicks in a couple times in here, it just brings that song up. One of my favorite things to do is, um, you know, roll down the windows at night, nice 80 degree, 90 degree night, drive around, and this song is blaring where you could probably hear it six blocks over. It's my, this one and Hollywood Nights are my two favorite driving songs, bar none, and it's just spectacular. To me, it's just what rock and roll music should be. It's just, it's, I don't know. I, the first time I heard this, I was, uh, I literally just, just like, oh my God, that is one of my favorite songs ever that I've ever heard. And, you know, then I heard the Natalie Cole version and it was, um, you know, certainly a decent song, but it doesn't have the, you know, the frenetic energy and just the beautiful music of hard driving, just pile driving music that uh, Springsteen has. So, yeah, this one for me, it doesn't get any better as Springsteen goes than this one. There's, he's got better lyrics. He's got uh, some better music in there, but he doesn't have, uh, you know, anything that just has that uh, packs that 80 pounds of TNT and just blows up the building. So, yeah, a great choice, great number one. I went a little more sentimental, but yes, absolutely. Uh, Pink Cadillac. Well, the wish just... was my 1.5. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, end of the day, it just, for me, Springsteen, he some of the best lyrics ever. Um, you know, he's probably the best lyricist ever. Um, because I'm one of those who thinks Dylan's overrated, but um, definitely yeah. when he puts inter- uh, puts the music and uh, everything together, it comes together and it works perfectly. So yeah, absolutely. And this song for me, just uh, I don't know, I was probably ten, twelve, thirteen, somewhere in that neighborhood yeah. the first time I heard it. Like, and it's been one of my five favorite spring scene songs ever since. So yeah, absolutely. Um, I put you on the spot here um we hadn't talked about it but i think this is the best disc of the four i think I it agree. has the most likable and best songs uh right you know. it, it it to me is my favorite of the disc two is good uh, one has about 20 percent good stuff on it two has uh because a lot of it was the river but he didn't put any of the good river stuff on uh, outtakes right. on it, and those you had to wait twenty some odd years until um, "Ties That Bind" comes out, yeah. and that has uh, some amazing stuff on it. They um, but it's not like it's not like the river, you know. It it had such a great variety uh, already. Um, yeah. So I I don't know. Uh, I always say that the river's not his best album, but it's one of my favorite albums by him. So and. Um, you know, I also said that it was a a perfect song for him to play every night. Um, you know, in you know in the in last year. Um, yes. You know, it it just it 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 ebbs and flows and it's epic and um, you know I don't know 
I mean, a Born in the USA every night would be a little too much of a greatest hits. Uh, Born it to it run, kind of would. Yeah. Born to Run or Darkness might just get a little bit, um, just a little bit maybe too serious. But with the yeah, river, you get that roller coaster. You get the Sherry Darlings, yeah. and you get the I Want to Marry You. Yeah. You get the Stolen Car, and you get the Ramrodder Cadillac Ranch. Yeah. So you get the complete change in mood. Um, you know, it's it's almost like letting your three-year-old ride in the front seat and change the radio station. Yes. Because it does have so much variety to it. And so, and um, so yeah. Yeah, I loved. Uh, I saw him, I think, four or five times on the River Tour um, last year, and then um, you know drove down and saw, met him in, uh, for eight seconds in um, Austin. But yeah. um, you know, th- which was amazing. But um, you know, it the energy of the River yeah. uh, Tour. I, I think you're right. I don't think he could do the Rising every night for yeah. in its entirety. Yeah. Um, did you uh, were you tempted when you went to Broadway to try to get there early and try to get his autograph or see him again? No, I did get. The, I happened to pass by the theater about five o'clock. Yeah. And there were some people just because I wanted to make sure where it was before I went to dinner and yeah. everything. Um, and there were some people standing out by the stage door. So I did kind of stand around for a few minutes. And about 15 minutes later, he came in with Patty. Um, they got dropped off. Uh, he waved to everybody. So I got a great video of it. But I wasn't, um, you know, I'm not a really an autograph person. I'm an experienced person. Yeah. And I want the experience, not necessarily the fact that somebody that I like touched uh, a piece of paper i do have his autograph book and i you know certainly treasure that but i didn't care one way or the other about staying afterwards and trying to get his uh, autograph on my playbill or anything like that but i will say that like i said about five o'clock five fifteen somewhere in that neighborhood i did get uh get there stand there and they came right up dropped uh in a black suv and so i got a video of him uh, you know looking like he absolutely loved uh doing every a bit of this and that patty and him both waved to the crowd and uh then they went in and then three hours later i saw them so yeah um because a couple of people have asked me and i you know and we had an interesting discussion my wife and i was we were decorating this um past weekend about um if we had the chance to go again, would I? And I said, in this case, only if you could go with me. Uh, we have one ticket for January 25th, and she's, you know, hey, go, have fun. You're the true fan, you know. Right. I would just be going because it's New York. And I said, if we had a chance again where both of us could go, I would do that. But in other words, I wouldn't. And she says, don't you think that's greedy because a lot of people aren't going to see it at all? And I says, that's an interesting discussion. But um, I think you all make your own decisions. But I did think to myself, Tim, I was lucky enough. I was in Austin, too. I got my six seconds. I have his autographed book. I got my picture with him. I'm going to let someone else stand in line. Um in that, you know, and let them, if they try to get a selfie 
or him to sign something because I've already had that experience. Now, yeah, and yeah. you know, end of the day, uh, like you said, uh, we both, um, everybody um, probably thought uh, you were crazy too. You know, I yeah. drove down four hours to um, Austin, spent the night, um, got up at 5 a.m., was number 22nd in line for an event I had a ticket for. Yes. Um, and, but I still, you know, I was 22nd in line and got stood there for eight seconds um, with, you know, my Lord of Lords and King of Kings and got a picture and floated out of there, got the the book, bought another copy so I could read it. And, um, you know, it was perfectly, um, you know, perfectly awesome experience. But probably because I had that experience, I didn't try for, you know, to yeah. – uh, oh, I've got to run out to the stage door and stand there for four right. hours to try to get an autograph or anything. Yeah, you know, it's, I'm not an autograph person for the most part. I would much rather have a you know shake somebody's hand and say, "Hey, I've always admired your work." Um, you know those type of things. And you know, but authors, I don't go there to their signing to get an autograph necessarily. I go there to tell them. Hey, thanks so much for all the hours of uh, great, uh, you know, great greatness that you've added to my life. So, yeah, and Springsteen was was the exact same. It was yeah. you've added an amazing amount of positive things to my life. Thank you, and that was basically it. So, yeah, that's exactly how I felt um, because it was enough for me, and I wanted to tell him and right. Um, yeah, I, I was even crazier because I had started a new job, and um, so I could only take the one day. So I got up, drove down, got in line, waited the however long, you know, because I wasn't that early. Um, got my book, you know, got you know, got my picture, picked up my book, right? Um, got in the car and drove back to Dallas. I mean, you know, but okay. it was, but it was my, you know, ecstatic. I was walking on clouds, of course, because um, it, you know, and I've told this I, many times. I actually go ahead. I actually buckled his book into the baby's car seat, wrapped it in bubble wrap, bubble, <laughs> buckled it into the baby's car seat. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it was. Obviously, there's a little bit of insanity there, but you know yeah. what? I, I don't care. Well, so, um, you know, people ask. We weren't all crazy; we'd all go insane. Yeah, so. exactly. What What are you gonna do? And um, so I took a photo of the page where he signed, printed that out with two, and there were two photos. They ended up, and I put that together on my wall. So I have. Oh, nice. Yeah, I didn't cut the autograph out. I kept that book steady. And I also had bought one to read, but that way I had the picture of him signing it between uh, the right. two pictures of that. So it, it you know, that's it, awesome. Yeah, so that's good. Um, this was great as always. I love uh, talking to you. Um, Absolutely. You know, this is a lot of it's fun. It's always great talking with you. Yes. And are you going to uh, see Niels in a couple uh, yes. months? Yes. I went, okay. Cool. I went ahead and bought tickets. Uh, my wife. Um, as I said, is a casual fan, and she um, she goes, oh wait a minute, it's acoustical show. Okay, I'm in. She goes, I'm anyone acoustical, I'm in for. I, she goes, that's going to be yeah. fun. And so, I oh think yeah, that's, no, it'll be yeah, it'll be a great event. I think I've yeah. never seen him um, 
without uh, everybody else. And yeah. so this will be an interesting experience. And then I just got Tony Bennett tickets. Oh, and nice. if he's still if he if he's still around. Yeah. I think he's like ninety five or something like yeah. that. So That'll buying tickets for April might be a little bit optimistic, but um, <laughs> oh, we're hey, not... I was sweating it for earlier this year when I bought tickets to see Willie Nelson. I'm like, yeah. hey, it's I'm buying tickets three months in advance to buy uh, to see Willie. I mean, that's, yeah, that's optimistic. A good, that's a good point. I I'm just hoping uh, I'm hoping Jake comes by. Uh, I would love to see Jake in concert. Oh yeah, That'd he he fun. would be great. Yeah. And then I just bought tickets last a couple of weeks back to ELO, so oh. I'm really I've never seen them, and they're coming to American, and so I'm really looking forward to seeing them again. We are or to seeing them for the first time. Yeah, um, I've seen them actually. They were in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, back in really? uh, yeah back. You know, I'm older than you. It was like in '78 or '79. Okay, they were doing, very nice. Yeah, and so I saw them, and they were amazing. And I'm. My wife and I are debating, do we want to go see them? I think it'll be a good show. I'm a big Jeff Lynne fan. And obviously you yeah. with Traveling Wilburys, right? You know, that's, Oh, obviously. I mean, it's right there in your I, I just regret the fact that there's only 40% of them left. Yes. And so, very, um, very true. And so we need to uh, shrink wrap Jeff Lynne yes. and make sure he doesn't uh, get any damage to him. So. Absolutely. Well, um, Tim, if I don't talk to you again, have a great holiday. Uh, and you do the same? Good luck with the little one. We'll talk again next year for listeners. If you tell us what we got right on this, tell us what we got wrong, let us know. You can reach us to at I'm at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at setlustingbruce. My personal Twitter is at Jesse Jackson DFW. Tim, you want to give your Twitter handle? Mine is lvmtgconcierge.com. And uh, it's you know pretty eclectic, yes. and don't be don't be surprised if I unload on some uh, dirtbag politicians in there too. So, oh, absolutely. Um, um, absolutely! And most of them deserve every bit of it. So, uh, absolutely. Um, I just on a total side note, someone sent me a link of this petition going around to complain about to ask to demand that Doctor Who go back to being a man. And I was like, boy, are you getting oh, really? the wrong we, person? We've run out of things to worry about? <laughs> exactly. You know, I'm like, really? This is what you're worried about? This is I what know, you're going to give your shield? Uh, this there, is your there, sword? There's a lot of... Yeah. That, that's about, maybe, I don't know, maybe the 250th millionth thing that I might <laughs> yeah. concern myself with. But yes. uh, there, I think there's bigger issues right now. And I'm uh, trying to, you know, do what I can on certain issues. So Absolutely. Um, Tim, thank you. Have a great night. Listeners, thank you. Well, thank you. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.